0: It just just feels like we we spent the last 20 years extracting data, building warehouses, layering dashboards on top of them, just to have the business turn around and say, hey, can you just give me like ODBC access to that thing? Because I just, I want to do my own thing. Welcome
1: back to Data Masters. In this episode, we're going to get some insider knowledge about how data is being used in healthcare drive innovation, better patient experiences, and outcomes. Our guest this week is Mike Alvarez. Mike is the head of the newly formed digital services team at the innovation organization FUSE by Cardinal Health. As head of FUSE Digital Services, Mike focuses on building a strong commercial foundation, as well as sparking innovation through new products and business models. Fuse's digital services group serves as a force multiplier to the enterprise with its data science, center of excellence, commercial architecture, and new product, research and development. The last several years of Mike's career have been focused on leading change and driving strategy across Cardinal Health's expansive medical and pharmaceutical segments with contributions to large modernization programs major acquisitions, and reinventing Cardinal Health's approach to data and analytics. Aside from being a seasoned executive, Mike is also an avid podcast fan, and we'll get some of his recommendations later in the episode. Mike,
0: welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Anthony. Um, First off, I want to thank you for the invitation to have this conversation with Data Masters uh, on this podcast. Um, since learning about Data Masters, I've listened to all of your episodes. I'm a big fan. Um, you've had some amazing talent on this podcast, so congratulations on your success.
2: Well, thanks. So, uh, coming from a podcast fan, it's nice to it's nice to hear we've made your shortlist. So that's great. But let's start uh, from with you. Uh, listeners may not realize how big Har- uh, Cardinal Health is. Uh, in a in a funny way, I'm sure everyone listening has uh, had some interaction with Cardinal. Um, but probably didn't realize it. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about
0: the company and your role uh, within it. Awesome. Yeah. So maybe, you know, sometimes we call Cardinal Health like the biggest company you've never heard of. Um, you know, we're just, we were right in, in the center of healthcare. Really didn't get back to Data Masters. Maybe it's one of the, you know, the better podcasts I hadn't heard of until recently. Um, but let me share a little bit about what Cardinal Health does and then I can talk about kind of our size and then we can maybe talk a little bit about me. Um, but I like to think of Cardinal Health's um, capabilities in kind of three buckets. You know, so one, we're a, a distributor of pharmaceuticals. So we don't we don't make drugs, but we ensure that 90% of our nation's pharmacies and hospitals have this life-saving medication they need. Um, secondly, we, we are a global manufacturer and distribu- uh, distributor Rather of, of medical and laboratory products. So I think you know one, one thing that COVID made um, everybody understand is PPE, right? So the, the protective equipment. Um, so we manufacture some of that. We also distribute it from other manufacturers. So our medical division is is a you know a, a critical aspect of our supply chain for everything everything from PPE to stents to continuous glucose monitors. And finally, the third bucket is, is around um, digital health and digital healthcare products. So, this is the area I'm really mostly excited about. So, my, my role, and, um, as, as you mentioned in the intro, you know, some part of our, our, our Fuse organization really focused on product development and for commercial technologies. And we like to say we're on a mission to reimagine healthcare delivery.
2: And I really love this idea that uh, Cardinal's a, a company that everybody knows, but no one realizes uh, that they know because it really is critical to our our daily lives, making sure that the the drugs and and um, healthcare products we you know really need are are at our fingertips. Um, and healthcare is a really interesting space. Um, but if I step back a little bit from healthcare, something I'm sure our listeners can relate to. Um, is this idea that you know, there are great insights trapped inside your, your data. And you, you sort of know the answers in there, but you can't get at it. Um, and that's, is a, is a, that's something that you've talked a lot about. I'd love you to sort of share maybe, uh, how do you think about you know, finding these insights trapped in your data? Uh, and maybe there's a, an example or two you can share of, of something that's happened uh, in the organization that, that reveals that.
0: Yeah, it's such a great question because um, you're right. I mean, it, it just seems easy, right? So I had a question, I get the data, I add it together, I get my answer. Um, it, but as, as we know, anybody in the data profession knows it's not it's not that easy. Um, I've always held this belief that the, uh, you know, the, the data knows, right? As in the data knows where I'm sitting right now because of my phone, right? The data knows how many trips I made to the grocery store this week because of my phone, my loyalty card, my credit card. And there could be other, you know, sources of data that are not structured, like traffic cameras and that kind of stuff. So there's, there's plenty of data to answer the questions. But you know, to your to the other part of your question, how do we get at that data, right? So one of the challenges I think we all have in common is is how do you identify the data, how do you tag it, and then most importantly, how do you like index index the data and align it and link it? Um, and then when you get to to healthcare space, it gets even more complicated because you start layering in a whole new set of constraints like HIPAA. Um, a lot of us g- deal with GDPR, but you know that kind of constrains our data. Uh, one of the really unique aspects of the data we deal with additionally is um, we have these contractual agreements uh, with clinics and pharmacies, right? So we, we're leveraging that data to build our insights, but it's not our data, right? It's not internal system data. Uh, so we, we have these contractual agreements or these BAAs, that really kind of define how we can can use that data. So you have to take all that into to account when you're trying to build it or get to an answer. Um, one of the, the mental pictures I have of this is kind of like a, a person like we all see on TV a, a a thief cracking a safe, right? So they're toiling at the safe and they they you know break into the safe to to obtain the treasure inside. I feel like that's what our analysts go through in order to solve a problem because they're you know, they, but they have to do this across several d- domains, right? So you have to crack a safe, get what's inside, figure out what it is, go to the next safe, right? And it's kind of this daisy chaining of of, um, of safe cracking. So it's it's very, very time consuming. Um, on the, you know, how do we solve the problem, right? So I talked about, you know, kind of a lot of the context around, um, around the complexity of it with healthcare data. Um, within our company, we have two distinct approaches on the Again, on the large enterprise side of the company, like I mentioned, the medical, pharma side, we've aligned to a a single uh, data analytics solution called EDNA. So EDNA stands for Enterprise Data Analytics. And I think of it as like the one-stop shop for all clinical data related to our operations, um, like many companies, sales, inventory, pricing, APAR. Um, that's like the one place to go for all of our our business units to get that kind of data. And it's you know for us it's it's that approach is working because you know we have we've grown through a lot of and a, we have a lot of different business units, but getting you know everything in that one place into Edna. so it's kind of like the it's like the control room for this super tanker that allows us to see you know how the ship is performing and give us a little bit of forward visibility like radar into where we're headed on the. On the growing commercial side of our company, or the you know, fuse side, you know the conditions are different, right? So we're we're much closer to the points of care, and we're gathering data from all these external entities and oncology clinics, pharmacies, others. Um, again, it's not our data, but we have rights to use the data. So the and the problems we're solving are very different as well. You know we're we're, we're really trying to help patients understand the best path to access to care. And we're we're trying to help patients be more adherent on their medication uh, treatments. And then we're also trying to predict ways to get them back on that treatment if they've fallen off for some reason. Um, And also helping providers, right, determine the best outcome uh, with the cost of care, you know, just not just the the best outcome for care, but also the best cost, um, which, you know, the industry talks about uh, that being value based care. So getting, you know, getting the answers to reveal themselves requires a different approach within this Fuse world. Um, so one, you know, one approach that's unique about us is we're, we're building uh, products and partnerships that allow us to gain access to data and provide answers to these problems that I talked about a second ago. Um, additionally, to support this very complicated environment, my, my team, this digital services team, is building what we call like a digital foundation to acquire and manage data. So we need data from electronic medical record or EMR systems in order to build our products for value-based care. Uh, so we're, we're building this data acquisition product that will solve for the problems of acquiring and managing EMR data. So the difference is, you know, we're not standing up a shared services organization like you see in many data analytics solutions. We're breaking the problem down into more autonomous chunks, forming product teams around those chunks you know, to solve for the, the problems of that domain. Um, And and finally, you know, we're we're building matching technology within those products to allow us to create this, this longitudinal history of a patient. So we can align signals along the patient's journey. You know, sort of like my analogy of going to the grocery store, but rather than trying to sell me a you know a bag of potato chips, we're able to help predict you know who needs help in order to gain access to necessary care, or you know, if if a patient can receive the same care at a lower cost.
2: So I'd love to pull on that thread for a second, um, because I think when we when we talk about healthcare and patient treatment, there's often this feeling that we want to pull out the stops. You know, no matter what the cost, this is ultimately about your health, uh, and in some cases, it literally is life and death uh, conversations. Um, but ultimately, you're a health services company, and, and costs are a big consideration. Uh, You want to run this in a uh, a smart way from a business perspective. That calculus is very different for Cardinal Health uh, than it may be for other kind of commercial organizations. Um, And it feels like, in in what you were just talking about, that data plays a really important role in thinking about the difference between what it costs to deliver that care uh, and how to get the best possible outcome. Um, how do you think about that? And how do you sort of instruct the, those product teams to reconcile that, that
0: challenge? Yeah, it, 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 um, you're right. And, and some, some people, I think, think of it as more of a zero-sum game. Um, I know for myself in, in situations like that, I like to think of it more of like a yes and, right? So um, while I would agree with you, so if you're a patient, you know you want your provider to do all she can to treat your illness. Or if you have a loved one, in the hospital, it's like any anything goes, right? Do everything you can, um, you know, but the, the cost side is really not about cutting corners to save money. It's it's really about more creating the right incentives for the healthcare market to deliver the best outcome, you know, at a targeted cost, right? So um, Medicare, Medicaid calls, again, calls that value-based care, right? So it's balancing the best outcome um, at the, you know, the right targeted price or a targeted cost in, um, you know, and the other thing we can do, I think, in this, in this world as well is, is creating incentives. Maybe we can talk about that later. But, but um, I think, you know, back to kind of balancing that, that care and cost, um, you know, the, obviously the providers are highly trained physicians. They know how to treat their patients, but they don't really have a lot of visibility into the cost side of the equation. They really don't know what things are costing until maybe six months later. Um, Within our FUSE organization, we work with our specialty biopharma division to create a um, a solution for oncologists under this value-based care umbrella. So, again, oncologists are very highly skilled at at, uh, treating cancer. Um, They have this oncology care model with a lot of guidelines. So all that's kind of scripted. um, But they don't don't have tools or understanding of the cost side of treatment, right, and don't really understand how they're performing against these, these targets that come with this oncology care model. So we've developed this data science-driven application called Navista. So Navista will help oncologists track patient treatment, like I mentioned, but also we'll give them predictions on how much it'll cost to treat that episode of care, you know, giving the clinic some important insights into care. So that's just kind of the beginning. So back to that data nose theme, right? If we can find anomalies in the data to help clinics clinics kind of benchmark um, and develop best practices, and learn from each other. Um, I think it'll it'll you know help help drive outcomes and, and better incentives for, for care overall. Yeah. So
2: uh, and I really like the way of thinking about it, which is uh, when you give people the data, when you sort of share the information with them, um, they they make better decisions. And, and I think the thing we can everybody can agree on is we want the best outcomes, um, and it's not just about sort of Throwing money at the problem, but of actually about providing the best standard of care that creates that best outcome. Now, we talked about this um, ahead of the podcast, so so listeners don't have, <laughs> won't know this, but I'll, I'll I'll spill the beans. You know, one way we've seen people give people visibility to data is through a dashboard. And and you said uh, in our in our when we were talking before the podcast, the dashboards are dead, which is a very controversial statement. Uh, and I love it. Uh, happen to agree with you on it. I'd love you to, you know. So, you know, one answer to the the conundrum of quality care is well, just make a dashboard, throw the data up there, let people, you know, wallow in it. Uh, but it sounds like you wouldn't agree with that. So maybe, maybe if you could share your perspective on on, the, on dashboards.
0: Yeah, and it, it, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a provocative, intentionally provocative statement you know and i didn't coin it um but when uh when we started looking at some of our products and and how we were going to expose those insights externally uh we had to make some decisions around are we going to do the traditional model that's been around for 20 years or we're going to do something different and i and i really feel like there's this shift underway where um you know more and more people are getting used to data so you know, to, to think about it another way, how many times have you heard, um, you know, a, maybe one of your customers are looking to replatform or modernize and they'll say, hey, we have 3,000 reports and I don't know who uses them. I mean, I just, I heard that from one of our business units this week. It just, it just feels like we, we spent the last 20 years extracting data, building warehouses, layering dashboards on top of them, just to have the business turn around and say, hey, can you just give me like ODBC access to that thing? Cause I just, I want to do my own thing. Um, I really think we got to dig into the, the kind of the why behind that. Um, often the data work is being done by IT professionals, not, you know, not business. And, and those IT professionals lack the business knowledge, right? They lack the knowledge of the data. They don't know how to build the insights. Um, not to mention they don't really understand what the business is trying to achieve with that insight, right? Are they trying to, drive sales? Are they trying to reduce inventory? Understand where inventory is you know, short or kind of stagnant? Um, there are you know, thousands of questions that the business needs quick answers to. And I think our current approach is anything but quick, right? So what ends up happening is the business hires these analysts and these data professionals within their organization. Uh, they grab data from the underlying systems um, and they build their own insights, right? So, um, I think this is how we end up with these, these thousands of unused reports and dashboards. Um, and I know if you're any of your audience is part of a large company, they're probably sitting there nodding their heads right now. Right. Cause we we've all have, have felt this um, there. I think there's um, this shift underway. Right. And some, I think some of the factors to that shift that, that I'm thinking about, and again, I think this will play out over years, but I think the, you know, I think the work, workforce is becoming much more data savvy. Um, I don't, you know, I don't have stats on this. I'd love to see them. But uh, data is now in everybody's vocabulary, right? Um, a few years ago, it wasn't even part of our company's mission. Now it is. COVID made everybody aware uh, and everybody kind of a consumer of insights, right? When we were talking about flattening the curve, you know, they're, they're talking about an insight from data, right? So everybody's kind of speaking this common language now. Um, you know, during, during the period of COVID, I felt like we had kind of 7 billion analysts over, overnight who were discussing all these data points related to, to COVID. Um, I think the demand for data professionals is exploding. You know, I saw one um, fact that said it was like 650% job growth since 2012. Um, I think higher education is responding, so I'm seeing more and more of these data, you know, degrees coming out of these kind of blended data degrees coming out of universities. And think all of this will culminate into like a more data savvy workforce. They don't want to share dash- dashboard, right? They want to be part of the curation process. So I think over time, we may see, you know, analysts just being much more comfortable with engaging with the data. Um, so we're, you know, within the Fuse world, we're, we're trying to design with that aspect in mind. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, dash- you, you always have your basic dashboard because you need some basic trending in kpis but i'm really interested more in building the data experiences across our, our product ecosystem where i can get out of the way right i can we can build this data foundation we can build these data products and then the the smes that understand the business problem they're trying to solve can get access to that data you know safely and securely and then you know build the outcomes they're trying to trying to achieve
2: so that's really that's actually really interesting so, you, so what you're saying is that the problem with dashboards is that they are disempowering. That they take, that they put the the onus on the um, the analyst to sort of come up with all the right metrics and KPIs and display them, and they treat the user uh, you know um, as just the, the dumb consumer of that. And and what you're trying to do is really put the data consumer at the center of that conversation, let them uh, do the analysis and really be part of it and sort of be uh, engaged in it. And it strikes me that you also mentioned something uh, before, sort of like central versus decentral. And that's a theme that we've had on Data Masters a lot. Um, this question of whether we uh, push uh, the responsibility for data and analysis you know, close to the decision maker or pull it and make it really uh, centralized. And there's often a question of cost here as well, right? Do, do I do this centrally at a low cost? Do I do it? In a distributed way, maybe at a higher cost, but with with uh, better decision making. Um, I'm curious how you've thought about that, especially the context of, of the your points around dashboards and your points around value-based care.
0: Yeah, it's um it's something I've obviously looked at over time, done it, you know, we've done it in different ways as a company. Um, I think there's really kind of three different approaches. There's this. Kind of this distributed approach, right? Or, or I most like to think of it as organic, right? It just kind of evolves, and, and I think that's the—that's probably the default of many companies. Because if you don't have a plan in place, what's going to happen is the teams are going to solve the problems within their teams, right? So they're going to hire the skill sets and grab the data they need, um, you know, whether that be analytics or or data science. Um, so that—that's you know, that's one approach companies can take. Um, I, I tend to think there's a lot of uh, redundant activity going on, depending on the size of the company, you know, there could be a lot of redundancy across a very large company like Cardinal Health. Um, there's the, the centralized approach. So second approach is kind of centralized approach, which takes a great deal of alignment, right? So um, I mentioned Edna earlier. So just it's a, that, that, that team formed as a central team. Um, there's a lot of energy and alignment going into getting everybody onto and aligned to that, that solution. Um, and that's, that's that's a good approach too um, in, in certain scenarios, but it, it takes a lot of kind of top-down alignment, right? Everybody's got to agree, like, yep, I'm gonna go get my you know insights over, over here versus doing it on my own. Um, I'd say a third approach is really this kind of federated or um, more like a hub and spoke. So this is how we've organized our data science organization within Infuse, where we have, you know, so the, five or so different business units I'm working across. You know, I have a, a data science team within my organization and I like to think of them as, a, as the data science kind of COE. COE sounds a bit bureaucratic, honestly, but it's, it's, it's really about how do we engage with teams um, and kind of meet them where they are on their data science and um, analytics journey and help them skill up, right? So we can. we have a team that's very mature so I'm almost like staff aug for them. So when we need help, we can we can put somebody over there. A talented data science can join their team, and we can help augment their their team capacity when they need it. Um, we have other teams that are that are maturing, right? So they're kind of you know starting up the maturity curve. where that's that's kind of that Navista example where, you know, we're kind of we're the data team and the data science team behind them. Um, over time, if if they want to take on that responsibility, then you know they can. We can kind of train them and help them. You know get get to that point. Um, we also have built out our data science platform um, in the Google Cloud platform. So we, you know that's a, that's a kind of a common solution that everybody can come and. You know they don't have to worry about all the technology and networking and security that comes along with that. So we're we're trying to remove in this federated approach. You know we're trying to to remove some of the barriers to them achieving uh, achieving their goals right? achieving the outcomes. Uh, again, getting these products to market, getting feedback on the products and um, kind of iterating on them. So that's kind of how I like to think of it. And then that that hub and spoke, I guess the hub parts we I try to bring the team back together every week and talk about lessons learned, right? So I've seen some great, you know, great learnings where a data scientist will go out, right? They're part of a team, they solve the problem, they learn something new, they bring it back to the to that, that hub, right? And then we all kind of learn and grow from that.
2: Excellent. I, I think that's a really interesting, uh, again, a theme I've seen throughout data masters. This idea of executing uh, in, in both a central and decentralized manner, but make, putting in place programs to make sure you're sharing across those those uh, platforms, so that you really, you know, you get the benefits of scale from a central approach, but the benefits of insight that you get from working close to the data and the, and the decision maker. So I wanted to shift gears entirely, and I know we're running uh, short on time. I mentioned in the introduction that you're uh, a heavy podcast listener, um, and by its nature, someone listening to a podcast must, uh, must like podcasts. So I'm sure our listeners would be uh, always looking for good, uh, unexpected new recommendations. What uh, great podcasts are on your listening list, and would you recommend to listeners?
0: Yeah, I'm always like um, I'm always listening to something just in these little little gaps of time I had, right? Because there's so much to learn and so much to discover. Uh, so I'm always get, you know, have my earbuds in and, and and listening to audiobooks or podcasts. But um, like I said, I mean, in, in this, and I sincerity. I'm not saying it just because I'm on the Data Masters podcast, but highly recommend that to li- to listeners. Um, so I've you know great some g- great insights from some of the data leaders you've had on the podcast. Um, you know, I've, I've been a long time listener of the, of the Tim Ferriss podcast. I really like how he, he'll get these, you know, I think he says world's top performers on there and kind of, he'll, he'll dissect them and kind of, you know, kind of decomposing what made them successful. And he does it across the very broad spectrum of, of, um, professions, right. It's not just, it's not technology. It it could be an artist. It could be an actor. It could be a CEO, but you know, just, um, I kind of learn a lot from that. I like, Actually, I, I kind of do this cycle of learning from that and kind of what books they're reading. Then I'll pick up a book and listen to books and I'll go back to my podcast. Um, like Freakonomics, you know, it's another good podcast. Um, um, just, I like that kind of and, you know, behavioral um, economics aspect of it. And then um, a, A16Z or the Andreessen Horowitz, always great um, great insights on kind of the leading edge of technology. Um, If If I can, I'll throw out a couple books too that I think are great listens. The, um, you know, The Goal, which is a, I think it's a 30 year old book uh, by Dr. Goldratt. It's a really good book. It's, it's, um, it's, it actually led to the creation of our data science process, um, which I know we're out of time. So maybe we can talk about that another time. Um, You know, on the personal side, I really like this book uh, called Too Soon Old, Too Late Smart. It's it's got like 30 different lessons in there around things we didn't learn until later in our lives we wish we learned earlier. Uh, I mentioned Loon Loon Shots by Sophie Bacall. Uh, Atomic Habits is another good one. And then for any company going through this uh, digital transformation, I really like this uh, Design for Digital by Jeannie Ross. It it does a really great job of explaining the differences between uh, digital and digitization.
2: Love it. Uh, no, those are those are some great recommendations. And I hardy uh, uh, plus one to the goal uh should be required reading uh for almost anyone and almost any 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 role that they take. It's a it's a great book. Um, but those are some also a couple of those I hadn't heard of before, so um definitely be adding that to my my short list. So hey Mike, really appreciate the insights you shared with us today. Fascinating conversation and uh I, as you pointed out, there's actually much more we could talk about, and so I think this uh, fruit for a future uh, Data uh, Data Masters um, podcast episode. So, really appreciate your time, and thanks for joining
0: us. Absolutely, Anthony. Thanks for having me on Data Masters. I look forward to uh, future episodes.